0: It is great to have Pastor Robert Morris with us here again, and I did say that right again. Uh, when I spoke to him about coming to speak at River Valley Church, he said, I really feel that God wants me to do two messages, and uh, if there's a way that we could do this, I would love to do it. So we got the staff together, and we're preaching, having them preach this sermon uh, for them and for the entire church, because we feel it's a God thing. So I want you to welcome with me once again, Pastor Robert Morris. Well, hey, everyone, good to see you again. Uh, This is the third week of our series, No Strings Attached, and uh, I was with you last week, and so this is the second week I'm with you. I want you to turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13, all right? Uh, Exodus chapter 13, and I, or you can, you can um, uh, turn on your iPhone. Either one works. I know people have the Bible now on the iPhone. I do too, so I think it's great. So here's what we want to talk about this week. Last week, we talked about the principles of multiplication, and I hope the Lord really used that message in your life. But this week, we want to talk about the principle of first, the principle of first. And here's what we're going to talk about, and that is putting God first in your life. And I want to ask you a question, who's first in your life? Well, obviously, we would all say God, but I want to get real practical here. If I looked at your checkbook, who would be first in your life? Would the mortgage company? Uh, would um, the bowling alley? Or uh, golf, the country club? Or Nordstrom's? <laughs> Who's first according to the way we handle our finances? So Exodus chapter 13, let's read this, and we're going to talk about the principle of first. All right? And we'll relate it to finances, but it's, it goes to a whole lot more in our lives. Exodus 13, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Th- this means it belongs to me. The firstborn belongs to God. All right? Now, Let's talk about this. I wanna, I'm going to give you three points, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write them down. If you're not taking notes, write them down, all right? Here's number one. It's extremely important. The firstborn, I know it's kind of long, but write it down. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. That's what we just read. The firstborn must be, must be, sacrificed or redeemed. Now, here's what this means. And we just read this, and I know what we read sounds kind of uh, Old Testament-y, but it's in there. The firstborn belongs to me. That's verses 1 and 2. Let's go back and pick up a couple other verses now. Look at verses 12 and 13. Verse 12 says, then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have the males shall be or shall belong to the Lord. But every firstborn of a donkey, now I know this gets Old testament just stay with me. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, you're going to lose it anyway. If you don't give it to God, you're going to lose it. And that's the way it is with tithing. And all of the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Okay, this is where we get the point. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, I'm going to say something, and sometimes when we talk about Old Testament structure, we kind of get lost, but 1 Corinthians 10 tells us everything in the Old Testament was written for our instruction. It's an example to us, although it happened in the natural, it happened literally. So, here's how you knew whether you sacrificed or redeemed an animal. If it was a clean animal... It had to be sacrificed. If it was an unclean animal, it had to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, again, let me say it. Let me say it uh, another time, and just just stay with me, all right? A clean animal has to be sacrificed. An unclean animal has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, let me show you something that this actually points to prophetically that a lot of people have never realized. Think about this. Were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. We were all born sinners. The Bible tells us that. We're born in sin. As a matter of fact, I can prove that we're all born sinners simply by asking all the parents here a question. Did you have to teach your children to be bad? (laughs) Or did it come naturally for them? We have to teach them to be good, right? Because we're born with a sin nature. All right, so we were all born unclean. Okay, here's another question. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? Clean. All right, listen. the clean had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed. Okay, now listen to me. This is the principle of the first, which relates to tithing. I'm going to show you very clearly it relates to tithing. But I want to tell you something maybe you've never thought of. Jesus is God's tithe. Here's why I say that. Because we give the tithe in faith. faith. The tithe is given first. It's not given last. The tithe is the first 10% in the Bible. It's never the last 10%. We don't pay our bills and see if we have enough left over for God. That doesn't take faith. It takes faith to give the first. See, when, when, when he said, when, you, when your sheep has a lamb, he didn't say, God didn't say, have 10 lambs and then give me one. He said, give me the first one, the firstborn. That takes faith because you don't have the other nine yet. It's the same way with tithing. I know people that I believe give 10% but don't tithe. Because they don't give it first. The whole principle of tithing is not the percentage, it's the order of the giving. It's the faith that it releases in me. Before I pay the bills, God, I honor you, I love you, I worship you, I'm going to give to you first. So, Here's why I say Jesus is God's tithe. Because God gave Jesus first. God gave Jesus before we believed. Let me say it another way. Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait to see if we would repent and clean up our act to give Jesus. God gave Jesus while we were spitting on him and mocking him and nailing him to a cross. So, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And if you notice in this scripture, he says, and if you don't redeem it, you have to break its neck. Let me, let me just say it very, very clearly. If you don't give God 10%, you're still going to lose it. You're going to lose it. So why not give it and, and get the blessing of God on your life and the curse removed instead of stay under the curse and still lose it? So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Any first thing given is never lost. Any first thing not given is always lost. So, but it's up to us whether we'll give it or not. All right, so here's number two. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. Now, we read in Exodus 13, and we're going to come back to Exodus 13, so just stay in Exodus 13, all right? But let me read you a few other verses. Exodus 23 verse 19 says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Notice, by the way, it says bring it, and it says into the house of God. It's always you bring it to the local church where you go. You never send it to a university, the tithe. You never send it to to a, a ministry, a television ministry. You always bring it to the house. And notice the word bring too. The Bible always uses the word bring when he talks about tithing because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. But you can bring it. You can only bring the tithe to the house of the Lord. The first of the first fruits. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The firstborn belongs to God. That was point one. The first fruits belong to God. So we give the first. Think about this. When when they entered the promised land, God said, bring me all of the silver and gold from Jericho. All of it. Now, why would God say that? It's very, very simple. Because Jericho was the first city. He didn't say, conquer ten cities and then give me one. He said, you give me the first one and I'll bless the rest. See, the first one is what we would call in Scripture the redemptive portion or the blessed portion. When you give the first one to God it redeems the rest. So he said you give me all all the silver and the gold from Jericho and the rest are blessed. By the way uh, in Joshua 6 it's called consecrated. In Joshua 7 because they kept some of it it's called cursed. The tithe is consecrated or holy set apart to God but if we keep it then it's cursed. So please understand the first 10 percent when it enters your checking account it is set apart to God, whether you believe it is or not. It's consecrated to God. If, it, if you leave it in your account, it's cursed. And it actually causes or brings a curse on your house. And this is all through Scripture. We don't have time to do a whole tithing seminar. I'm simply taking tithing from a, a little different standpoint to help people understand it's the principle of the first. When you think about it, when you understand the firstborn and firstfruits, when you understand these two things, You'll see so many things in scripture maybe you've never seen before. For instance, when I was in Bible college, a student asked a professor, I'll never forget this, uh, because of the answer the professor gave. I had never heard a professor give this answer, never, okay? Uh, The student said, why did God accept Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's? And the professor, again, gave an answer I'd never heard a professor give. Here's what he said, I don't know. So Many of you that have attended college have probably never heard a professor say that either because they, they talk for five minutes even if they don't know and then go on to something else. But I thought it was great that he said it. But when you understand the principle of the firstborn and firstfruits, you understand why God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's. Let me read it to you. Genesis 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, now I want you to think about this when it talks about giving God the first. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Notice you never see the word firstfruits. He didn't bring it first. An offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel, or received Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Simple. Simple. Cain is, is, is a, um, uh, a farmer, but he doesn't give God firstfruits. He just brings an offering, in other words, any amount he wanted in the process of time. Abel gives the first fruits, The firstborn, he's a rancher, okay? God receives Abel's. He doesn't receive Cain's. Now, I, please hear me on something. I'm going to say it two ways. First of all, God won't accept any offering that's not first in your life. That's all through Scripture. We could go through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. We could go through Malachi. We could go through even New Testament passages on this where God says, you bring me the blind, the lame, and all these things. I'm not accepting them. I'm not accepting your offerings. So, number one, God won't. But let me tell you something a lot of people don't realize. God can't. God cannot accept an offering that's not first. He can't. Now, maybe I just blew your theology, but I did it with correct theology. There are a lot of things that God can't do. That people don't understand. Are you all okay with that? <laughs> I have a real burden that we have the, mo- the, the most shallow body of Christ that's ever been on the face of the earth right now. We don't know theology. If we just understood the attributes of God, it would change everything. If we understood God is love, not that he, does, not that he just loves, but he is love, it will help you in every uh, tribulation you go through. God is love. Okay? So, let me explain something about God. There are some things God can't do. And I'm telling you, he can't accept second place. He can't. And that is the preeminence of God. These are some of the attributes of God. In other words, God is before all, first of all, above all. I don't, you, you can say, he, he can be in second place in your life, but he's not in second place in the universe. He will always be first. So he can't accept something that's not first. I'll tell you some other things that God can't do. God can't change. He can't. That's the immutability of God. Do you know why God can't change? Because he's perfect. Let me say it another way. Uh, if God could change, he could get better. And he can't get better because he's best. So God, God can't change. All right, let me tell you something else God can't do. This might blow your mind a little bit. God can't think the way we think. God can't think the way we think. I, I'll explain it to you and then I'll show you, tell you the scripture on it. But here's the reason why. When we think, we're thinking to figure things out. Is that right? God is not trying to figure anything out. God can't think the way we think. That is the omniscience of God. That's one of His attributes. He knows all, I'll blow your mind, He knows all at the same time. God knows everything that has ever happened or ever will happen at the same time. He doesn't think about it as the future. He knows it right now. Um, let me say it again another way. When I say God doesn't think the way we think, let me just say it another way. <laughs> um, God has never had an original thought. Because he's a, he knows it all. At the same, All right, let me say it another way. Nothing has ever occurred to God. God has never said, you know, it just occurred to me. Or he's never said, you know what I just thought of? Never thought of it before. Okay, He's never done that. And let me just tell you the scripture. You all know the scripture that God doesn't think like we think, but we don't understand it because we don't understand theology. Let me tell you the scripture. Here's the scripture. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think the way you think. As the heavens are above the earth, so my thoughts are above your thoughts. Okay, so I'm telling you, God can't change. He can't think the way we think. And let me tell you something else he can't do. He can't. He can't be above all, not be above all, first of all, and higher than all. So he can't accept second place. I'll give you another illustration about that. If God plays 18 holes of golf, his score will be 18. <laughs> because God cannot hit the ball and it not go in the hole. Because he's perfect. Okay. So listen to me carefully. You can pay all your bills. Say, God, I got to make sure I do the mortgage. Got to make sure I do the light bill. Got to make sure I do this. And here's what's left over for you. Here's what God says. I can't accept that. I can't accept leftovers. I can only accept first. The firstborn belongs to God. The first fruits belong to God. Anything that's first belongs to God. And the tithe belongs to God. So here's number three. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. The, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first fruits must be offered. The tithe must be first. Now, let me tell you how this works out in my life. Uh, we get paid on the 15th and the 30th. My wife and, and I get paid on the 15th and the 30th, all right? And it, it's electronically, it in, goes into our account. Here's what I do on the 15th and the 30th. When I'm having my quiet time, it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday or Sunday, it doesn't matter, it's okay. I I just go online on that day during my quiet time and I give the tithe. It is the first funds that go out of my uh, account. Uh, I used to, you know, now I do it online. I used to do a check. So when I would write the bills, would set out to pay the bills, I would take the uh, checkbook and I would write the tithe check first, set it over to the side, and then pay the bills. I've, I've done that for twenty five over 25 years now because it's in the Word. The tithe is first. God's first in my life. If you look at my check register, every time there's an entry, there's a check going up. And it's the first one. There's never anything between the two. Comes in, goes to the church immediately. Now, I'm not legalistic about this. Please understand, because God does understand your heart. And God is not a legalistic God. You know, I don't, let's just say that, that I, for some reason, um, I'm, when I used to do the checks, you know, that I, I went to work that day, I didn't do it in my quiet time, and I went to work that day, and I came home, and, and Debbie went to the grocery store, uh, I don't say, oh, that's great, honey, we're cursed. <laughs> You gave the first check, you know, to the grocery store. Listen, God is not a legalistic God. I hope you understand that. And again, that's correct theology. We have to understand theology. God was always about grace and relationship. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The very first thing God did when Adam and Eve sinned was said, came to him and said, Adam, did you do this? And of course, Adam immediately said, she, she did it. <laughs> she, she gave it to me. And she was naked when she gave it to me. It was, you know, anyway. <laughs> and then he comes to Eve and says, did you do this? And the devil made me do it. Even with Cain and Abel, he came to Cain and said, did you, your, where's your brother? Did you do it? He's looking to forgive. That's his nature. As a matter of fact, even when he gave the law, do you know what he did? He said, I want all the people to come up the mountain so that you can be a kingdom of priests. That's what 1 Peter says, and that's what Revelation 1 says. I want a kingdom of priests. I want everybody to be a priest. In other words, here's what he's saying. I want relationship. Do you know what they said? They said, we don't want relationship. Here's what God said. You don't want a relationship? Okay. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. God gave the law for two purposes. Hope you know this as well. This is theology again. Here, God gave the law for two purposes. Number one, so we would know the moral absolutes of God. If you want to know if God is for or against something, read the law. You know, if you want to say, well, is God for adultery or against it? Read the law. He's against it, by the way, if you don't know. He's against it, all right? But here's the second reason God gave the law. It's what Galatians tells us. God gave the law to frustrate us to bring us to Christ. God gave the law so that we'd say, I can't do this. And he'd say, that's great. Let's have a relationship. My son already did it. You don't have to do it. See? And if you don't think he gave the law to frustrate us, read Leviticus. <laughs> I mean, look, look, you know, I, I can see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit saying, hey, hey, let, let, let's say that they have to wait seven days if they do that. No, let's say ten. Yeah, ten days. That would be great. Two ten days. There, there's a whole chapter on what you have to do if you get a scab. <laughs> That's, I promise you, it's in Leviticus, a whole chapter, what you have to do if you get a scab. Okay, so I'm not saying God's legalistic, so don't feel bad. You say, well, I hadn't been doing it first. Okay, listen, God knows your heart but now you know. Now you know. So we have to give first to God. And here's the point. The first portion has, uh, is the redemptive portion. In other words, the first portion redeems the rest. Please hear me. Don't give the first portion to the mortgage company. The mortgage company does not have the power to bless your finances. Don't give the first portion to the electric company. The electric company does not have the power to bless your finances. So it's all through Scripture if we understand this, all through Scripture. If we just understand that we have to put God first in every area of our life, this is why so many people, I think, are under a curse. Because Malachi 3 very clearly says it. And you have to understand, and this is, again, this theology, if, y'all, if you don't mind theology, it's actually really good. You know, the word theology comes from theos, the Greek word, and ology means the study of. Like you did zoology, biology, you know, geology, things like that, you know. Um, I have to tell you this. My, um, my, my, I have two blondes in my home, my wife and my daughter. And then I have two sons also. They're blonde, but there's something different. I don't know but there. But anyway, um, I'm sorry. Uh, a blonde can be male or female. It's not gender biased. But it happens to be gender biased in my home. I have two blondes and... Uh, my, My daughter said to my wife a while back, she said they laughed at me at church tonight. And uh, she said, well, why did they laugh at you, my wife? I'm in the kitchen overhearing this. And my daughter said, well, because I said something about um, um, uh, London being a country. And uh, they said, no, a continent. London being a continent. And uh, um, uh, my wife said, well, honey, um, geometry wasn't your best subject in school. <laughs> now I'm listening to this. And so I think I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. And then my daughter said, Mom, it's not geometry, it's geology. <clears throat> and if you needed to explain to you, you might have blonde roots. So I don't know, but Okay. So the point is, we're talking about, I don't know what we're talking about now. <laughs> we're talking about theology. Okay. Theology comes from two words. It just means the study of God. It's the study of God. And we have to understand that we give to God first. And when we give to God first, it puts everything in order in our lives. Okay. Oh, what, here's what I was saying, is that when we tithe, according to the Bible, we're blessed. And when we don't, according to the Bible, we're cursed. Now, again, here's why I was saying in the correct theology. It's what you need to understand. God's not cursing you. The world is cursed. The world has fallen under sin. We we are born into a cursed world. Here's what God's saying. I want to bring you out from under the curse. So if you'll give me the first, if you'll honor me in your finances, you will redeem the other 90% from under the curse. So I want you to understand, if you don't tithe, God's not cursing you, but you're cursed. You're under curse. And you, you'll never be able to afford to tithe. Number one reason people don't tithe is they say, I can't afford to tithe. Okay, listen to me carefully. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because it's tithing that breaks the curse. Um, okay, go back to Exodus 13. Let me show you one more scripture, and then we're finished. Exodus 13, verse 14. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? In other words, giving the firstborn. Remember, we started about giving the firstborn, sacrificing the firstborn. What is this? That you shall say to him, by strength of hand or by a mighty hand, by a mighty hand is what uh, one version says, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. In other words, out of slavery, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, this is why he's saying, this is why we do this. I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Okay, here's what he said is going to happen. He said, when you have a firstborn, I want you to sacrifice it or redeem it. But he said, one day your son is going to get old enough that he's going to come to you. And he's going to say something like this, "Um, Dad, um, we we need to talk. Uh, We're we're in the ranching business. And um, you probably don't know this, but you, you have developed a bad habit. And that is that when a a sheep has a firstborn or an animal has a firstborn, um, again, Dad, you may be totally unaware that you're doing this, uh, but you slit its throat. throat. And again, Dad, we're in the ranching business. This is cutting into our profits, Dad. Can't you see how a son would, you know, I mean, let's say seven years old. Dad, dad, the sheep's having to be, yay. And you bring it out, first one, dad, yay. And, it, you know, okay. So, <laughs> so after a while, the son starts saying, okay, not going to cross dad, you know. so, um, And he said, when that happens, you set him down. And you say to him, son, I'm going to tell you something about our family that you don't know. We weren't always in the ranching business. As a matter of fact, we were slaves. We didn't own any sheep. We didn't own any land. But God, with a mighty hand, delivered us. Therefore, we gladly sacrifice to God, the firstborn. Because it all comes from God, son. Okay. I've had this happen right there. What we just read in the Bible, I've had this happen with all three of my kids. And here's what happened with the first one. I was in the office and I was paying the bills. Again, this is back before I did it online. And I was writing checks for you younger people. We used to have pieces of paper <laughs> that we would... So <laughs> I, I, had, I had written the, the, the tithe and settled over to the side, and then I was paying the bills. And my son came in, and I don't know, 8, nine ten years old, you know, and to a, a child, a tithe check looks like a gazillion dollars, you know, and, and uh, he said, Dad, how come you're giving so much money to the church? And I picked him up and I set him on my lap. And I said, son, I'm going to tell you something about daddy that you don't know. Your daddy wasn't always a Christian. As a matter of fact, your daddy was a very, very bad man. But God with a mighty hand delivered your daddy. Therefore, I gladly give to God the first portion of all of my income. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to do something that I asked you to do last weekend, and that is simply... And I want all the campuses to do this. I want you to just ask God, not out loud, but just in your heart, just say, God, what are you saying to me through this message? And some of you have struggled with tithing for years. And I promise, Pastor Rob didn't want me to preach on tithing to help the church. I promise you. He wants to help you. I want to help you. So I ask God, God, what are you saying to me? Lord, I pray for every person listening to this message at every campus. God, I pray that you would help us to put you first in every area of our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to put you first in our finances. In Jesus' name.